Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. And I've been listening to uh, Gardner's filling in for us on Friday and Saturday nights. I like what he says when he brings back the show. Your uh, your show, your phone, your number, something like that. Anyway, he's very good. Uh, our number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we continue here. Uh, we'll take your calls if you make them. Otherwise, we'll tell you about what's going on in San Francisco. It's a place where you can wear flowers in your hair. Well, <laughs> um, well unless you have uh, – well, you might have to actually ask permission for that. Uh, because now trash collectors in San Francisco will be doing more than just gathering garbage. They'll be keeping an eye out for people who toss food scraps out with their rubbish. San Francisco this week passed what seems to be the very first mandatory composting Composting, law, believed to be the most strict ordinance in the nation. Residents will be required to now have three color-coded trash bins, including one for recycling, one for trash, and a new one for compost. I hope it's sealed, because... What's sealed? <laughs> the the third uh, trash receptacle. To keep, what, beasties out? Well, uh, just all kinds of reasons. Food that's... I mean, you know, if your food's been sitting in there a week, imagine what it's going to smell like. I remember I used to have to... <laughs> when I was in uh, work release from coming out of prison, one of my jobs prior to that was... Uh, I had to. I worked for the city of Lake Wales, and Ooh, drove, I never knew you were a bureaucrat. I, I didn't get a check. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I, I worked in a blue uniform with a stripe on the side. I mean, gotcha. I, I wasn't exactly an employee, but uh, my job was to go around to parks. Uh, I would jump off the back of the truck and uh, grab the trash out of the uh, trash cans at the parks, and. Those chicken bones had been sitting in there, say mm, three, four, five days, six days. <laughs> I. Sometimes I I just knew it was coming. I just knew that like, uh, I I'm the kind of guy that I'm going to get the job done no matter what it takes. Yeah. And I'd just puke. Oh man. Grab the bag, throw it in, you know, tie it up, vomit and throw it in the back of the oh. truck and, and time to go off again. Um, you know, usually after you do it the first time, you don't do it anymore that day. What about nose plugs? Couldn't you use some of those? I you know, I think it was partially psychosomatic. But mm. you know, that food just That's awful. sitting there, it's disgusting. Disgusting. Well, uh, it's. I mean, how could they possibly make it sealed? You'd still have to unseal it every time you wanted to put something new in there, the compost bin. So compost bin, trash bin, and recycling bin, all you mandatory. Could design a, you could design a container that you wouldn't have to, uh, you know, uh, smell anything if you wanted to put something I in. I bet that'd be really affordable, too, for all the taxpayers to design that. Just saying. Uh, the law makes San Francisco the leader, yet again, in environmentally friendly measures. Also the leader in uh, you know, telling you how to live your life, yeah. like an anti-state. Following up on other green initiatives, such as banning plastic bags at supermarkets. But this, you know what this does, is this makes it so that the, uh, the the landfill, which a lot of many, many landfills have been turned into, you know, nice golf courses and parks and all kinds mm-hmm. of things after they're, after they've, you know, lived out their usefulness as a landfill. That means that all the compostable material won't make it to the landfill anymore. So the landfill will just be absolute junk then. Right. Then then you're going to have to bring all all kinds of soil and things in when you're trying to refurbish it. This way, there's soil there to begin with. <laughs> well, according to the story, food scraps sent to a landfill decomposed quick, uh, decompose quickly and yes. turn into a methane gas, a potent greenhouse gas. Under the new system, don't they normally burn that stuff off? Um, they've, what they've been doing is uh, they've several of these... Uh, 
landfills have designed ways to to collect the methane and uh, to use it as, in power plants. Brilliant. To, yeah, to sell it to power plants. Under the new system, collect, that. collected scraps will be turned into compost that helps area farms and vineyards flourish. The city. Oh, so you're telling me when it turns into compost elsewhere, but not at the landfill, it doesn't create methane? Good point. The city eventually wants to eliminate waste at does. the landfills by 2020. Chris Peck, state's integrated waste management spoke board spokesman, said he wasn't aware of an ordinance as tough as San Francisco's. Many cities, including Pittsburgh and San Diego, require residents to recycle yard waste, but not food scraps. Seattle requires households to put scraps in the compost bin or have a composting system, but those who don't comply aren't fined. The city has been progressive, and they've been leaders, and it appears they're stepping out of the pack again, he said with pride swelling up in his heart about how excited he is that now he'll get to control even more of your garbage habits. Do you remember the, um, so they're, they're going to have three bins now. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, the, the Penn and Teller's BS episode where they had these gullible people in, in California, what a surprise, yeah. where they gave them like nine different bins that were all just all kinds of different colors right. and, um, you know, they had to separate just to see their, how far they could push it, separate their trash and different kinds of trash. I remember the brown one was for human waste products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember much else, but, uh, it was, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. I yeah. Where would you keep nine bins for your trash? It's already uh, ridiculous. It is. I, when you think, when you think about it, it, I, it, what we have in our kitchens is sort of this latent technology called a waste paper basket or a trash can. Well, now you really need something different because all your trash has to be separated into these little things. It's just, it's insane. No, uh, you want more insanity? Just keep going deeper into the article. Here's a little more. The San Francisco officials say. They're not looking to punish violators harshly. (laughs) Waste collectors will not pick through anyone's garbage, said Robert Reed, a spokesman for Sunset Scavenger Company, which handles the city's recyclables. If the wrong kind of materials are noticed while a bin is being emptied, workers will leave what Reed calls a love note. Can you believe this? To let customers know they're not with the program. We're not going to lock you up in jail if you don't compost, said the spokesbureaucrat for the mayor who proposed the measure that passed on Tuesday. We're going to make it as easy as possible for San Franciscans to learn how to compost. See, now, it, it's not very hard to learn how to compost, but really, it's not the residents they're going to go after. It's going to be the apartment owners and things like that. These are the people that are going to bear the cost of doing this because a large amount of people, especially in San Francisco, rent. And those people that rent, they're landlords because this is a business. And once we're talking about a business, you're talking about an evil person doing an evil Mm. thing. And you can do anything you want to them because it's a business. Yeah. You know, you're not talking about individual civil liberties anymore. You're talking about somebody making money. (laughs) And the the government can do anything they want. And so that's where they're going to go after them. The landlord will be required to have all kinds of – you'll probably have to have three different dumpsters there. Maybe. Three different color dumpsters. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that uh, for for apartment complexes. I think you you make a good point. But that said, even uh, there's even just individual re- uh, landlords will probably have to bear some kind of uh, responsibility. Well, they're claiming on one hand that they're not going to pick through anyone's garbage, and that if they just happen to notice uh, the wrong kind of materials when a bin is being an empty, uh, emptied, but what if I don't have a compost bin out front? 
what if I, you know, what if I just decide I don't want to participate in this whole composting thing because I think it's silly nonsense. And well, I don't composting have, is a good thing. And but... I don't. And uh, and I. Well, but I'm not interested in participating in it. I just want to throw my stuff away in one bin. I don't want to participate in recycling either. So what if I just put one bin out front uh, the front there? Uh, all my trash it'll be in bags so they can't pick through it. You don't think they're going to open up my trash bags at that point and just make sure that I'm uh, maybe not doing this week. things the way they should be doing them? Maybe not this week, but you'll get with the program in a couple in you know by next year. That's when the the you know the fines will start. The love notes will stop. You're right. In and fact, the fines will start. You pretty you have you read this article? Nope. I know how this goes. The next paragraph: A moratorium on imposing fines will end in 2010. After which, repeat offenders like individuals and small businesses generating less than a cubic yard of refuse per week fi- will face fines of up to one hundred dollars. Now, they say they're not going to put anybody in jail if you don't compost, but they are liars because we know that when you don't pay the fines, you'll go to jail. Our friend Andrew Carroll just went and spent nine days in jail because he didn't pay a $420 fine for possessing marijuana in public. So it's nonsense to say that, oh, well, it's just a fine. This is not jail time. It absolutely is jail time if you don't pay the fine. And if you're like me and you don't believe that uh, there's any reason to be participating in these mandatory uh, recycling and composting programs, because recycling is BS for the most part, except for aluminum cans. And uh, Penn and Teller did a great job on that. Penn and Teller's BS. Look for it. The recycling episode is available, I think, on Google Video. I think you can watch the entire thing for free. Definitely take a look into that. There's a little bit more to this story because the fines don't stop at $100. More on the way. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. John and Lobo are back with more rapid-fire action. It began as a favor to a woman trying to get away from an abusive husband, but it proves that no good deed goes unpunished, and the consequences may be fatal to their partnership. The sequel to One Jump Ahead and Slanted Jack, Overthrowing Heaven, by Mark L. Van Name, available from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And you know what? If you want to meet us, we're going to be at the upcoming Porcupine Freedom Festival. Not the greatest highlight of the entire event. The event itself is... The reason to come up, of course, uh, but we will be there broadcasting live, and you can sit in the audience and uh, enjoy yourself, and if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you'll enjoy free drinks provided by our friends at SACL CAI, so all kinds of reasons to come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and the number one reason, of course, is to meet the hundreds of of like-minded, liberty-loving people that are going to be in attendance and enjoying one another's company. Go and get all the details at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C, pork with a C, porkfest.com. Uh, so we're going to continue. We're going to take your calls here in just a moment. Just going to get a little more detail out here on this story from MSNBC about San Francisco, where now things have gone even more insane, and they are going to be mandating that everybody have a compost bin. 
as if it weren't bad enough uh, that the government essentially that the recycling whole concept of recycling for the most part is a bunch of bunk and that a lot of people around the country are forced to recycle by mandatory recycling laws. Now they're adding in a mandatory composting law. You'll have three bins if you live in San Francisco, a recycling bin, you'll have a trash bin, and you'll have a compost bin. And if, uh, if you generate less than a yard, a cubic yard of refuse per week, or excuse me, small business, if you're a small business and you generate less than a cubic yard of refuse per week, and that could apply to individuals, you may face a fine of up to $100. Does that mean that you... What? That's what it if says you're a small here. business and you produce less than a cubic yard of waste per week, you'll be fined. That's what it says here. Maybe they mis maybe they misunderstood. Maybe it's also applying to individuals. The the actual quote is after 2010, they're going to end a moratorium on imposing fines, after which repeat offenders like individuals and small businesses generating less than a cubic yard of refuse per week face fines of up to $100. Oh, uh, what they're saying is is that um the moratorium on fines will be up in a year and that businesses producing less than a cubic yard of waste per year are considered basically to be a uh, an individual as far as trash pickup goes. I see. Oh, oh okay. I got, I got you. Well, either way, if you don't pay the fine, you're probably going to go to jail. In fact, businesses that don't provide even the proper containers will face a $500 fine. Sean Ellsberg, one of the two supervisors who opposed the proposition that passed 9 to 2, said the measure was over the top. And he said this is going to aggravate and aggrieve homeowners who are doing their best. Of course, uh, others are saying that it's uh, that other um, excuse me proponents are saying it is important to get people's attention about the importance of keeping those biodegradable materials out of landfills. They predicted that recycling food scraps eventually will seem as ho hum as saving aluminum cans and newspapers. That used to seem like but, such a chore, he said. Now we do it every day. Who's we? Well, I don't do it. I set my newspapers on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't matter. Oxidation's oxidation. It doesn't matter if it's rusting or burning or mm-hmm. decomposing in the ground. It's producing the same gases, right? Well, plus I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. According, but it's my understanding. Plus, I need paper. I, you know, I, I run a, uh, I, I run a wood-fired boiler. Well, for my according house. to uh, Penn and Teller's show BS on recycling. When they actually go through the process of bleaching the paper, which is what they need to do, you can't just take the paper, uh, the newspaper, and turn it into new paper. It's got all that ink and stuff in it. So you have to put it through a chemical process to extract the ink and the, th- and the things that are on the paper off of the pulp, essentially turning it into to pulp again or some sort of pulpy mess. Uh, and then you use another process to actually turn that into uh, to recycled paper. And from what they explained... The process of recycling paper actually takes more energy than growing trees from scratch, cutting them down, and turning them into paper. Um, let's not forget that uh, you have to run more more trucks basically to pick up this crap, and um, you know, in, in different yeah. towns. What's that? Yes, yeah. agreeing with you. More <laughs> gas. Yeah, more trucks. More, more fossil fuels being used. Uh, but, although that equipment, that steel, could be used for other things. It's no, that's just it. It's really about jobs, Mark. Yes. It's, it's a job creation. Uh, thing. It's it's about creating make work jobs for people so they can feel good about saving the environment. When in point of fact, recycling isn't better. doing anything to save the uh, to to save the environment. They're getting better with uh, plastics and things like that. But my question is this: um, plastic is made from a waste product from petroleum. It's not like we've diminished our petroleum usage, so the waste products are still being produced. Where's that waste going? What are they doing with that waste that was previously used to make plastics? 
I don't know. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Steve in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live, Steve. Hey, guys. Hey, Steve. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Section 8 housing and the uh, projects maybe in San Francisco are government-owned. So mm-hmm. uh, you think they're going to set a, a standard by making the people in the projects recycle? I'm not sure I understand your question. They probably already have to recycle. Yeah, like anybody in projects are going to recycle. They yeah. don't care. If they're going to recycle, they'll throw it out in the yard. Right. Ian does, it, does not know what it's like to live in the projects. Wait, so you're telling me they don't find the people that are in the projects to recycle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just find the government. <laughs> I see. Those <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. That's where you get your little lawlessness uh, people, your, your civil disobedience crowd from, Ian, because those people are not paying attention to what the government says about composting, I can assure you. Nice. So they'll only be able to target people in uh, in middle class or upper sure, class. Sure, the ones that can pay the fines. Neighborhoods. Right, exactly. The, the ones, ones that can have, pay the fines. The ones know? that have something to lose. <laughs> yeah, let's discriminate. You know, we're not going to talk about people in section... Uh, in that section housing or, you know, or even in the projects, we just, you know, well, we'll just go ahead and, and uh, just surpass them and we'll just go ahead and the people that can afford it, that's the ones we're going to find. Yep. Great point tonight. Any other thoughts? No. Well, the only other thing is John Robbins wrote a book called Diet for a New America and he was the, uh, actually he was due to inherit the Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever yes. the, the 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 fortune, the Baskin Robbins fortune. fortune. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, and he wrote the book, and I read through the book, and he was telling me that, uh, well, through the book, that they used to take newspaper and shred it and then feed it to the animals. So I was like thinking, well, you know, there's wow. good compost right there. I mean, you've got animals, so I think people in the project should have pigs and cows, and that way they can just recycle. But you can you know, feed and you can feed might, newspaper to animals. Oh, yes, yes, because hay was expensive. Wow, that's amazing. I, what? Well, I don't know. If, I don't know much about oh. how uh, all that works. It doesn't seem like it's really good for them. seems pretty crazy. Hey, thanks you for know, the call. If you know, yes? if you live in a country, you're going to take your table scraps and you're going to feed it to the hog. Sure. Yes. And what are their hogs going to do? Produce methane. Mm-hmm. Sure are. But the thing is, like, well, you're going to cut down on buying pig food. If you can just feed table scraps to the hogs, they really don't care what they eat as mm-hmm. long as they eat because they're going to get slaughtered later. And, you know, here we go with this big, you know, cycle of of the same thing. And, you know, like Mark was saying earlier, uh, even the steel and the gasoline, the fossil fuels on and so forth. But, you know, if we're just going to go ahead and just take this weight and feed it to the animals that we actually eat later on, the methane is going to go up and, you know, you know, what's the point? The next step is we all turn vegan. Thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You mean mandatory veganism? Yes, mag- mandatory veganism out in San Francisco. All right. It's possible. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? 
send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. They include the archives. Uh, You can go back for an entire year, get the archives totally free, right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed, real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch at freedom with an S, Phoenix, freedomsphoenix. All right, so uh, let's continue with your phone calls. Tony is on the line in California. Tony, are you anywhere near San Francisco where they're in, they're instituting a mandatory composting law? <laughs> yeah, hi, Ian. Yeah, I'm about an hour away. Oh, okay. so my, my main comment on this would be that, uh, not that there's anything uh, behind this in particular, but this would be a good community for them to try something like this in because, You've already got a lot of these uh, liberal people that have been programmed to believe that sticking things in different colored bins is going to actually uh, help the environment. <laughs> it's going to save the planet. One of those people, but you know, the, the more I look at it, the more I really wonder about that stuff. You know, as far as composting. But you know, before you go on, uh, sure. I had uh, I spoke with some guy who was a uh, a cop in Massachusetts, and. He, for whatever reason, has had to go to has to go to the dump every once in a while, and he's like, you know, I watch them with the recycling stuff, and sometimes they just dump it all together. Really, you know, oh, I can throw it away. That. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I'm saying right there, because that stuff is, you know, it's it's really you have to really think about, uh, and I believe you guys talk about Penn and Teller quite a bit. Uh, that uh, is this stuff really just a net waste of energy? Because all that time that I'm spending putting these things in these different bins. And as far as composting is concerned, from uh, the little bit of research that I've done on composting is you really have to know what you're doing with composting. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about composting. Well, I think that you, you can basically take scraps, organic scraps, and throw them on the ground, and they will turn into the ground. So you're okay there. Now, you may not have the, the greatest uh, you know, right, growing Right, but the thing compost. about composting is it's supposed to be to uh, you know, re-nutrify the soil. That's what it's supposed to be. So if you don't do it in a certain kind of way, you know, you've got to till it, it, right? Other you're supposed stuff. to And turn usually it over. when you have composting, you have a bin. And, uh, you know, I live in sort of a hybrid of farming and uh, technology community. So there are a lot of people teaching these kinds of things. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff here. Like we have these people that are, uh, you know, uh, Food Not Lawns is here in town. So they encourage people to, uh, instead of having these uh, big green lawns, just to grow your own garden. I mean, that kind of stuff makes sense. Yeah, that's a great idea. I hate lawns. uh, You know, I I think uh, the the last caller is absolutely right. The people down in Hunter's Point and the projects, which I'm very familiar with, Adam, I've grown up around here, 
those people aren't going to recycle. I mean, the only thing that they're going to recycle are their, you know, pardon their their uh, their beer bottles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm serious about that. They don't; those people don't know anything about uh, uh, about that stuff. And part of the reason is they don't have their own land. I know uh, I, I moved down about an hour away, so you know the lots are a little bit bigger, and we're able to have our own garden. I've got four boxes out there: tomatoes and strawberries and stuff. You know, and, and it's really not still not enough to pay the grocery bills. But you know, every once in a while, I don't, I don't have to go get that, that that head of lettuce. I don't have to go get that head of strawberry. And all that stuff's good for you. And, you know, I mean, who knows what happens if, uh, you know, if food stops shipping around. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but, I mean, it's good to be prepared for, that, for those kinds of things. And so I would sure. feel sorry for, for those people in the project. Those people aren't going, to, aren't, aren't going to be doing any kind of composting. You know, uh, so what are they going to do? Against it, I just I, I I don't see the logic in it. But what, what, know, about, what about people that already? San Francisco. Go what, ahead. what about people that already do composting? I mean, there are um, people that have compost either bins or they just have a, a hole dug in their backyard, and they they already have their own compost going on. If they don't put a compost bin out with compost in it on the uh, on the weekly <laughs> right. basis, no, they're no, going to be exactly. investigated, just, and then some it, some investigators. It's gonna... all about training people to be mindless atomic. It has nothing to do with saving the environment. But wait, if they if, were concerned but, about saving the environment, they'd be looking at at uh, passing some kind of a re- resolution to take care of that big uh, huck of plastic that's out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that's supposed to be the size of a continent. You know, there, there there's a real environmental problem there. What is that? Well, there's this oh, you island. Heard of, about that? That this... was reported in the San Francisco Chronicle last year that there uh, apparently all the plastic you know that sort of washes in the drain and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all collected in a, in the ocean, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. You can look that up, San Francisco Chronicle. How does that happen? I think we talked about it on the air. Uh, it's like, you know, plastic two-liter bottles and the, the, the yeah, rings yeah, for cans. All kind of and it's all in the same you place? Know, it's been a giant floating island thing that probably would kill you if you tried to step on it because really? it would like, suck you in like quicksand. It's just this big, you know. But the, people haven't been dumping things on it? It's just... No, things no, no, happen it's just to go not there? collected out there because it goes out the drains and eventually washes out into the ocean. This is and, that uh, whirlpool you know, and, and in the I, ocean. I don't doubt uh, being uh, things that I saw uh, while I was in the Navy uh, that uh, some of that just might actually be shipboard trash thrown overboard. Might uh, very well be. Yeah. Speaking of the Navy, if you want like to mean, save you know, the... you got to look at reality here. And, and also, uh, you know, if they were concerned about the environment, you know, what about the nerve gas that, uh, you know, the government or Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean... And, I, I was going to uh, suggest I mean, that if you... There's if, tons of real environmental problems. Yeah, if you're concerned about the environment, then you should get rid of the military because they are the greatest uh, polluter in... I think they're a bigger polluter than the top four corporate polluters combined. I mean, the military yeah. is tremendously well, damaging I, to I, the I would have to agree with you, but, you know, some of the things that I saw as far as the chemicals and uh, pollution... But Tony, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing don't. from you. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, and from what I understand, he's right when he said earlier that the the whole recycling process is a net loss uh, for, as far as energy is right. concerned. It takes more energy to recycle things, except for aluminum cans, than it does to create them from scratch. You know, and, and I think that they're getting better on things like plastics, but as I said, what are they doing? Pl- plastics are created out of waste material. What are they doing with the waste that they used to create the plastics out of? Um, but when you were talking about composting there, I really, there's got to be some people that are composting in um, San Francisco. Some of them are likely doing, doing it inside. They're doing more bin composting. This is great stuff. You buy a pound of uh, red worms and it, all of your garbage gets turned into really nutrient-rich
rich soil, and you get these big red worms you can go fishing with. Well, what I'm thinking they'll do is, if you don't put a compost bin out, they'll send an investigator right. to check with you, and you probably will be able to show them your compost pile. If you and, happen to be home, imagine them. Yeah. <laughs> this investigator only works from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Right. That means you have to miss a, way, a day of work in order to, to show them around your house. Well, Let you them to prove compliance through your, through your house. You'll have to prove compliance. Yep. And uh, if you don't want to, fine. if you say, you know, no, I'm composting at my house already. Go away. They're, they're not, just, that's not good They're going to make them crazy. They're going to fine you. And then when you say, I'm not paying your fine, you know, it's just going to go up and up. Yeah. And that's the only way that you could ever stop something you like this. You must polish these people's shoes. If you want to stop this kind of micromanaging, nanny state nonsense, the only way to stop it is to just not obey, is to just not bow down and to not do as they are demanding uh, not because composting is inherently a bad idea or anything like that, but as you pointed out, Mark, if the stuff goes to the dump, it composts anyway. You you can't stop this from composting. No, it's just rot- rotting stuff. So uh, so the only way to stop it is not to go and get and beg the politicians, please don't make us do this, is to just not do it. And to make a point about it, I am not participating in this. And I don't care what you do to me as a result of it. Unfortunately, most people are quite concerned of what the consequences might be for not obeying the government's laws and arbitrary diktats, and so they're uh, way too scared to actually take any steps on their own and uh, and act like the free people that they want to be. Maybe they don't want to be free people after all. Maybe they're comfortable living in this society where men and women calling themselves the government at any time can pass whatever new restriction on their life that they want to, and they'll just go along with it. Maybe that's what the, you know, if that's what Americans want, then I think that's what they should have. If you're one of them that doesn't want to be told what to do and owned by the state, then you should look into the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. More on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Technical difficulties behind the scenes. As we continue here, taking your phone calls, uh, let's go to Anthony in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Anthony. Hello, do we have Anthony? 
I, I, Anthony's gone. Let's try John in New York. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah I had a comment about the garbage. You know, all this garbage about the garbage is all, <laughs> all garbage. What it really amounts to is profiteering. They're so hard up for money, they're looking for ways to make money. That's what all this recycling is about. Because they turn around and they get all the stuff that you, every individual works hard to do their separating of their garbage, you know, the glass and stuff. They melt it down and they get the, they send it to these people who melt it down and reuse it. And they're, they're profiting. They get paid to do that. They get all this extra money and nobody's talking about that. Not, not to mention the fines and stuff like you touched on earlier, but it's, a lot of it has to do with the, the profiteering off this, you know, off the people doing the work us slaves doing the work to sort out the garbage so that they Yeah, can make eventually money that's making it. it to some company that is benefiting from being able to uh to use that product and use your labor without compensation. It's an right. interesting observation. Yeah, that's exactly what it you know, I've often thought about this is, you know, it's the same way the income tax works. Uh, you know, they get 40 hours a year out of my wife and uh, you know, accounting and bookkeeping work to do their income tax for for them and for, at no compensation whatever. And it's the same way with this trash sorting thing. They get uh, I don't know how many hours of labor per year out of me sorting trash. Dave, you still there? No, he's gone. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So, yeah, well, except I don't do the sorting anymore. I haven't done that since... I, yeah, I actually stopped doing that when I lived in Florida. As soon as I saw that Penn & Teller episode on recycling, mm -hmm. uh, the Penn & Teller BS show, which is, again, uh, you search for it on the Internet, you probably find the whole thing. You can watch it free. But as soon as I saw that, I, I uh, was, was stunned. It was one of the most, I think, effective programs that they have made. And that's a great show, but I think it's one of the... It was the probably the, one of the most iconoclastic shows. Because if you are... I mean, I'm, I'm only 29, or I'm going to be 29 this year, but I'm 28 years old. And I was raised in in this this recycling world where yep. uh, they had the the recycling clown and it was you know they, they're telling kids that when they grow up that this is what you're supposed to do and and it helps the uh, the earth and there's this whole sales pitch behind recycling that's it's very very effective. Uh, who doesn't want to think that they're helping? Who doesn't want to think that what they're doing is uh, is in is on the net a very positive and good thing? Who would want to believe that, in fact, in point of fact, what they're doing is just pretty much a waste of time, for the most part? I mean, on most of the things that are recycled, it's just a waste of your efforts. Or, in this, as uh, that caller pointed out, you're actually uh, investing your time and effort so somebody else can benefit, and you don't get any compensation from that beyond the good feeling that because you've been lied to and told that you're saving the earth. So the whole thing is a big fraud. Uh, what they found out is that the, the guy that um, the, one of the EPA heads is essentially behind this whole recycling effort. So it was some government bureaucrat that got this whole thing started. And like most, uh, like many government bureaucrats, this guy was a liar. He was citing uh, information that just wasn't true and making crap up. <laughs> so it was one of the most... Uh, but because he has the, the agency behind him, especially an agency like the EPA, you cannot question what an agency like the EPA says, or you're a, you're a heretic. Or you hate this the environment. This is the new religion. Right. Um, and the, the religion of Mother Earth is the new religion, and you are a heretic if you say something against the EPA, because the EPA is the high, church, uh, high priest of this particular church. So when a guy who's the head of the EPA says that something's true, it's backed with the weight and the force of government and science, as if it is actually true. 
Right. As if he's something more than just a bureaucrat. And just so, a guy who wants to create more jobs so that he can have more people under yeah. him so he can be more powerful. That's what administrative bureaucrats are all about, is expanding their power. Think about the EPA in the 1980s. Now, think about this huge industry that has risen up underneath him basically by you know the creation of the recycling industry. There was no recycling industry in the 1980s besides aluminum cans. Mm-hmm. And those are it's still around because they'll still pay you money for aluminum cans because people want them but they won't pay you money for plastic bottles or uh, they won't pay you money for glass that's bottles that's the economic indicator that it proves that shows should show you right there on its face that aluminum right worth recycling everything else silly nonsense so when i saw that episode it was so uh shocking to me and uh, so motivating to me, or inspirational to me, rather, that I decided that that was it. I was no longer going to participate in the mandatory recycling program, which it's my understanding that it is mandatory down in Sarasota, Florida, which is uh, the place that we, we, uh, where we came from. I don't know. I believe that it is, but they never cited me for it because I just I wasn't putting the bins out anymore, and I, I managed to get away with it, moved up here to New Hampshire, where, at least here in the Keene area, it is also not mandatory to recycle. It's, so, it's private trash pickup, so you, yeah. don't have, you don't have the uh, garbage cop coming to pick up your trash. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite thing about uh, having your trash picked up by the government is uh, when they leave it there and say, no, <laughs> this is not acceptable trash. You have not properly bound or spindled yeah. or, or uh, twisted or contained the trash that we want here, and you're, we're, we're not taking it. Now, imagine for a second if there was, uh, I, I believe it's ABC trash that picks mm-hmm. up your trash here. Imagine if ABC said, no, we won't be taking your trash like that. You haven't properly contained your trash, and your trash isn't, isn't well, chopped down to the right sizes and all that other stuff. Somebody else will come and take it and take I can the business pay somebody. away. Sure, I can pay somebody who's going to take that. But on the other hand, Mark, if I had agreed with ABC when I signed up the contract with them in the beginning, when I called them and I said, well, how much do you charge for trash pickup? And they said, well, we charge this, and you have to have it in this and this and this then I would have agreed to those terms, and if I'd started to uh, break my agreement, then they would be in perfect in, in, in the right to say, hey, well, this isn't what we agreed to pick up. We agreed to this and this. Whereas with the government picking up trash, there never was an agreement in the first place. Right. They and just you're charge gonna pay, you. You're going to pay one way or the other. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you're going to pay whether you live in the house or not. If you're a property owner there, they're going to send you that bill every month unless somebody else is living there as a renter. Yeah. They're going to send you a bill every month whether the trash goes out or not, whether sewer gets flushed or not, whether water gets used or not. You're going to pay for it. And if you don't, they're going to come after you. Yeah, so that's the difference. I mean, with the private company, I agreed to terms, and I can change those terms if I want to. I could go back to that company and say, you know what, I'm tired of bundling the sticks. I just want to throw them in my front yard. I'll find somebody else who will pick those up without me having to bundle them. And sure enough, if I pay somebody enough, someone will come along and pick up the unbundled sticks and, and throw them away. Somebody might, might want the business enough to do it for less than you know the current one wants to do it. For. Who knows? You, you never know. I have the freedom, though, to make that decision. I have the freedom to pick up the phone and call the competitors in the marketplace and see what their offers are and see what they've got out there for me to, uh, to purchase. Right. And that competition keeps the price to where it makes sense to have it. Twenty-seven bucks a month is it, what I pay for it pickup. Keeps, it keeps the service. Uh, it, it keeps the service level high. It keeps the customer happy. It keeps the uh, the, 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 uh, the the employee the, the company happy. Everybody's. It's a good system. Actually, you know what? I even negotiated a, a year discount. I told him. I asked him how much could, uh, how much would you charge me if I paid a year in advance? And they cut me off. Uh, you know, a month or two free. Wow. For it. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. 
I think it was like a try month. to get that from the government. Yeah, exactly. So well, they don't want you to pay in advance. They have an indentured servant that will send them a check for whatever they say every single month. Why would they want to give you a, a you know a, a discount for paying in advance? It's not in advance in the property taxes. I don't I don't know how it works. Uh, no, trash trash is uh, separate. And it, at least not where I, every, I come from. Every place. Yes, it was. Um, I I came from the same place it was you part came of the from. Property taxes. You're dude. wrong. You may very, maybe very well have it was, subsidized it, was, it. You didn't pay a water bill and a trash bill. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. It was part of the, the property taxes, man. There was water and sewer on one bill. The other was a property tax bill, and you could see it on there. And the garbage pickup. Yeah. Was well, on I lived there. in a different um, just north of a different. That's county probably it. So, whatever. Different All places right. are different, but yep. still. There you go, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. SwissAmerica.com reports Friday gold prices fell over 1.5% as a stronger dollar weighed on commodities and as stocks were flattened by bond worries. Gold last traded down $15.60 to 938.90. Silver fell 57 cents to 14.81. Some experts say the gold rush is now over with an economic recovery underway. Perhaps, but so far the commodity super cycle has swept prices up more than threefold. That's just the kickoff phase according to 75 experts surveyed at Swiss America. Friend, this is Pat Boone for Swiss America. Let Swiss America help you get gold for safety, peace of mind, and growth without spending a dime. It's time to get inspired. Take the first step today. Ask for their free golden retirement kit at $30 value. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue taking your calls about whatever you want. We go to Dave in Nevada. First, Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, before I get to my main point, um, the, uh, there was a caller a couple of callers ago talking about the like garbage patch out in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, when I lived in L.A., there was a local talk show that talked about that at great length. They called it the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, and it's about the size of Texas. And it's pretty much everything from the West Coast uh, that washes down the storm drains and stuff goes out to the ocean, and it's carried out by the currents. And then there's this big swirling current that just kind of keeps it there. Um, so it's like, you know, it's mainly what they've said, little bits and pieces of like chopped up plastic and whatnot. Um, and how does it get chopped up? I, beats me, man. Okay. Um, (laughs) um, but there's also like typical, you know, empty two liter bottle or milk carton or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a garbage Island where you could like walk around on it. It's, it's actually really spread out and in, in, in thin, and it's the reason they haven't dealt with it, because they don't know how. It's, it's so massive, and, and there's so much that it would be very, very, very costly. But, wow, that's but, amazing. Yeah, it, it's really insane. But uh, the main reason why I called tonight is um, I just found out uh, recently about a very interesting school here in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, you know, I talk with uh, some status friends that, uh, you know, about the whole government school thing versus private school versus homeschooling versus, you know, voluntary 
uh, payment for schools, and there is a a private school that I think is doing it right. Okay. Um, it How's was that? it was started by uh, Andre Agassi, the the tennis player. Okay. And it it's uh it's meant for um like disadvantaged like underprivileged kids, and um you have to have you have to maintain a certain like GPA. You know they they don't just take anybody. Um, so it's pseudo private in the fact that it's it's not funded by taxes. It's funded by private donations from other people. Well, why and are you saying it's the, pseudo-private? Well, because not just anybody can get in, and not just any underprivileged kid can get in. You have to pass, like, an academic test um, to get in. They, well, wait, they, does government have anything to do with the school? Nope. Well, then it's a private school. I, I just don't understand why yeah, you're calling I guess, it pseudo-private. I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah, it's a private school, but not private in the fact that the, the kids that are going, their parents aren't the ones paying for it. I don't think it matters who pays for the bill. As long as it's a not a government-administered school, then I think it, it qualifies as a private school. It's a private school. It's a different sort of private school. Yeah, it's, it's okay, unusually okay, funded. Yeah. Charity-driven yeah. private school. Which there'd yeah, be a lot so, of that. But I'd like to point out that in the absence of the uh, the government school system, we would probably see a lot of charitably funded uh, private schools for people that are unable to uh, to afford to send their kids to whatever the market schools might be that uh, where they'd have to pay for them. They might, it might be most of them might be religiously funded. For instance, the Catholics uh, might open up their own set of schools. Who knows how it would work out? Yeah, but I, yeah, I bet you'd yeah, see this, a lot of charitable options. Yeah, this yeah this school isn't uh, like a religious uh, uh, like religiously funded. In fact. Like, the way that they raise their funds is actually quite interesting. Rather than say, hey, give us money, um, they'll auction off, like, high-ticket items such as, um, you know, a Mercedes that the Rolling Stones owned that was all customized. And uh, one of the Porsches from The Sopranos, um, they they auctioned off a night to have Emerald come to your house and uh, make a private dinner for you. Gosh. And so mm, portions wow. of that go to the school. Yeah, it's they were telling me uh, – one of my coworkers, it's his friends. Uh, he, he he donates to the school, and he was telling me about it. And it was, I just thought it was the cool. Now, why does your because, coworker uh, donate to the school? Um, because he wants to help other people. Imagine and he that. Wants to do- can you, yeah, I, I know. I, go figure, right? Some, right. Some, somebody who's not a greed bag. I, well, and, and does your friend have kids of his own? Uh, yes. Okay. So just to point out to those who believe that in the absence of government schools that poor people wouldn't get education, you can already see examples right now today of how it is that uh, people who are less than privileged as far as the amount of wealth they have coming in, uh, that they can be taken care of. And that people, even though they have their own kids and are paying to send their own kids to school, still care enough about other people's education that they're stepping up and, and contributing to it. It would it would be like that, but more often it would be more frequently seen because we'd all have our money back. And I, I'm going to go and pay a $2,700 property tax bill here in Keene, New Hampshire, and that only covers half of the year, by the way. So I'm going to pay about $5,000, uh, $5,200, uh, maybe $5,400 in property taxes. And a, a good portion of those taxes go to not-for-profits that the city has decided to dole out money to. So they get to decide when and how much you uh, you donate. And these not-for-profits kind of get 
fat and lazy as a result. There's that. But I was also going to point out that a 60% of the property tax bill goes to the government schools in the area yes. here. And that would be money that I otherwise could put toward a good use. Now, I don't know if I would uh, so much donate it to to charity as I would give it back to my tenants. I took it from them in the first place in the form of rent. They're the ones that earned that money. They're the ones who should decide what to do with it, not me. I should. They should be able to keep that uh, th- those thousands of dollars every single year. They could put their their own daughter through whatever school they wanted to with that uh, with that kind of money. So Could you be my landlord. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, is it wouldn't um, in in a system like that. It really, you know, just the fact that Ian would do that would set a domino effect where all landlords essentially would have to do that because then Ian would, you know, be setting the market price uh, lower and other landlords would have to compete. Essentially, maybe, but if I just cut them a break, they're not going to leave the, the house or anything like that. So the, the it's house not just one the person, but I mean, you know, yeah. one person out of twenty doing that changes the oh, whole yeah, landscape. Well, and even if they don't yeah. give them, even if they don't give all of their money back to their tenants, uh, all of the money that they would save, even if they just reduce their rent by a hundred dollars a month, uh, it would still do a lot to to give more people and more money in their pockets. So thank you, David, for the for the sharing that with us tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Of course people would be taken care of absent the government school coercive system. The, the same amount of money would still be out there. It's just it would be better spent in the absence of the government. So this, the education system would be better than it currently is. Whenever you talk about getting the government out out of education, the the people that support the status quo get all so upset about the idea because, well, what about the poor? What about the poor? What about the poor? Well, Well, (laughs) first off, first off, when you're talking about government education, if you're talking about a welfare problem, which is what the poor are, that's a welfare problem. That's a donation problem. What we currently have is a really inefficient, bloated, uh, far too expensive system to educate middle class kids. The vast majority of kids that are going to school are not poor. They're driving the car. They're they're driving to school in cars or being driven to school in cars that are far better than my own. But I Mm -hmm. have to support them going to school. So. It's not about poor people. It's really about homogeny. It's about uh, you know dumbing down of America to yeah. get people. It, it, it's trying to get everyone to think the same. If you don't think the same, then you're a unibomber, like the the woman that I talked to yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but you know that's that's her opinion on uh, people who homes, homeschool. I I don't know how widespread that opinion is, but that's what her opinion was. So it's it's really about homogeny. If it was about poor people, then we'd have scholarships, government-funded scholarships, to send poor mm. people to school, and you would then people would be able to decide where their kids went. This it's not about that because middle-class people can afford to send their kids to schools, and they would likely be sending them to better schools than the schools they are sending them to because they're forced to pay for those schools already. Right, so instead of having money forcibly extracted from you and then spent in whatever way the government bureaucrats arbitrarily decide it should be spent, each individual, each homeowner, each set of parents gets to decide for themselves where to send their kids. They get to decide based on a variety of factors, the type of education they want, the cost of the education, the convenience of the education, you know how good the the school is, the rating of the school, whatever different factors uh, they are interested in deciding on, and because of that decentralized decision making, everybody gets more of what they want yes. at a better price than what the government, right? Than what the government is offering. So the the excuses for the people or the the, the objections that people have to marketizing schools or to setting them free from the government are just so paper thin and pathetic. I mean, whenever you take a look at the issue, it's clear that the government 
current school system is hurting kids' chances of getting a decent education and hurting uh, their parents by extracting way too much money for the education they're getting. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 1-800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive that's wiki.freetalklive.com. Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who failed to pay their bills. Now, you might believe that this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So, if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI. For a no-obligation, no-cost proposal, SACL CAI repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner right there at the top of freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls to Anthony in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anthony. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, we had, I had a... Uh thing about the uh, whole composting thing? Yes, sir. Composting. Now um, mandatory in San Francisco. We, uh, we, we had one... We used to compost in Michigan all the time. And, uh, it, it was very, uh, it worked very well. But, um, but we, we decided, but here we can't do it because we have the goats will get all up. The goats? You're on a farm? No, we just have six pygmy goats. Oh, okay. And so they will, but we, but we used to compost all the time. And yeah, well, yeah. composting. I'm not saying composting is a bad thing. My parents used to have a compost pile when uh, when I was growing up. And composting is good, um, but it's forcing people to compost that I have a problem yeah. with, and that's of course what they're doing in San Francisco. Sometimes you can. Uh, they have these composting containers where you can spin the compost, spin it, and that's uh, that's good for it. Uh, it also keeps the uh, the critters out of it. Uh, there are uh, the chickens at my house, and they like to go through the compost too. So it, it, there's little good bits of goodness in there for yes, them, right? Yes, lots of that. Thanks, Anthony, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue and talk to number six in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Number six. Number six. Oh, am I on the air? You are on the air. What's on your mind? Well, uh, basically, I just wanted to uh, uh, congratulate you all on the. Uh, um, uh, I appreciate your uh, style, and uh, I love the rock and roll children. Uh, I'm huh? lucky to get on. Um, time to time, I try to call all the people. What are the, wait, wait, wait. What are the rock and roll children? I'm sorry, I'm confused. Well, maybe it's you. Okay. Go ahead with the thoughts. It's a, okay. Well, it's a, it's a free person saying I am free. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. I do like being free. Well, as, as free as oh, possible. Yeah. So, actually, okay. Let me uh, throw this stuff out. Throw it out. Because you are. Uh, well, I, let me let me go this. Make way. sure you I'm compost the appropriate a... bits. Go ahead. Pardon? Go ahead. Throw it out there. Well, I'm basically an uh, anarcho-libertarian, so I'm uh, wanted to uh, touch bases with you guys and uh, think what you thought about the uh, 
supposed uh, Libertarian Party now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you asked the right person. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we have laughing. <laughs> so uh, that's so, because the Libertarian Party now is a joke. They suck. Uh, so how uh, how new are you to listening to this show, number six? Um, um, I don't know. Two or three years, I jump all. Oh, okay. All over the place. I okay. Mean, I, I, you know, I, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for uh, since about 1980. Actually, I'm in the uh, Bill Cooper School of uh, Thought. Um, I don't know if you guys do that or not. Ring a Love bell that. for me, but I can just to, just to bring you back to the original question about the Libertarian Party. For those that don't know, uh, I quit the Libertarian Party last year, and I, I did so publicly uh, prior to them selecting Bob Barr. I had Join been the crowd. Yeah, I had been seeing for years them falling away from the principle. It was supposed to be the party of principle. They still call themselves that, but it's a big joke now. Uh, used to be not sure court. what the principle is now. Well, the principle you can still see the principle. It's still on their uh, their sign up form. It says you're you're not supposed to advocate the initiation uh, what, what, of force. What about the uh, what about the uh, uh, the VP, the uh, Wayne Allen Root? I he's mean, a bad, I can, he's uh, scary guy. I, I can track, huh? He's pretty scary. He actually doesn't he live out there in Nevada? Of course, I, I've been tracking him for a long time. Um, what do you have to say uh, about him? Well, he started out as a uh, sports better, um, and then a sport uh, what do you call it? A sport handicapper, mm-hmm. and um, and then um, he's doing a something else now he's got a, a a little small radio show <laughs> not small i mean he uh he uh, you know i mean the uh the big the, the conglomerates let them in um so anyway so but where i am with him is he uh he uh he's a uh he changes his spots um and and you're right i mean wh- what's your take on bob Barr, if you would be so kind just another I mean, I, scummy I uh, just another I, scummy I, politician uh and it's it's just the, the whole process of what has happened to the libertarian party is very instructive I don't know how many people have actually been taking instructions from it, but they should pay attention if they haven't. And that is that if Absolutely. you love if you love liberty, and that is that you understand that in order to be free, you must allow others to also be free, which I think is something that is lost Absolutely. on the the current Libertarian Party. Then you need yep. to look at what's happened to the Libertarian Party and what also recently happened to Bureaucrat and other organizations. I thank you, by the way, for the call tonight. Uh, but if you look at the Libertarian Party, it started principle. The guys that started it, they understood that uh, that the non-initiation of force was there was the the crux of the party. That was the, the the reason why it was formed was to help explain to people what liberty really is and that uh, again in order to be free you must allow others to be free and these were some of the basics and they got it back then over time though as the libertarian party grew and became more influential not that it ever really was that influential but there's apparently a certain point at which they get influential enough to where those who are are uh, anti-liberty those who are only in favor of some freedoms or as our caller last night would point out in expanded menu of choices but not really freedom uh those who are the wanting to water down the message of the libertarian party came in they invaded the party and they then they began the process of making it uh, weaker from the inside out and of course those good libertarians that uh were of the liberty mindset that understand the non-aggression principle tried their best to uh to fend these folks off but they lost out the the uh, the statists the unprincipled people in the Libertarian Party won the day. They nominated their uh, their their hero Bob Barr, who is in no way a libertarian. It doesn't even come close. Uh, nominated him for the presidential candidacy last year, 
and have seen, I, I would say, a, a fairly decent dropout rate, uh, at least f- from party members, former party members like myself, who believed that uh, the principle was an important factor to the party and that yeah. it should have been stuck with. I don't know what it's like uh, around the rest of the country, but uh, here in New Hampshire, we had a uh, we, we 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 had a funeral for the Libertarian Party. <laughs> um, <laughs> we actually buried uh, buried Bob Barr and mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So I mean, there there were quite a few people in attendance. Uh, it was a it was a big it was a big to do. And of course, it's happened again now with bureau crashes. We got into quite a bit of detail last week, where once again they've been infiltrated by uh, people that that are working to water down the message of liberty and still claim that they're talking about liberty. So they'll say they are in favor of liberty, like the Libertarian Party still claims to be the party of principle, but then when swine flu hits, they're advocating shutting down the border and quarantining people. Right. I'm for uh, you know the Libertarian Party or, or bureaucrats when they talk about liberty and they support liberty. The problem is is that they'll, they'll put front men up there that don't necessarily espouse all the principles of liberty and when they don't espouse all the principles of liberty some are you know some are important to some people and others are important to other people and then you just don't represent the party properly all right toll free number is 800-259-9231 you can bring up anything and if you're frustrated like i was then you should look into the free state project where the libertarian party in new hampshire is actually pretty principled still it's free talk live alakees.com is a community for self-learners at Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo and proven that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see it for yourself. And if you are a lady listener, the instructions for uh, submitting your picture to the Shrine are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you want to get a free one, the only way to do it is to go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. As we continue with your phone calls about anything, it's Brian in Arizona. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, I was wondering if anybody heard if they got all the sponsors for Ron Paul's bill to uh, go out to the Federal Reserve. I knew they were up to like 207 or 212. How many sponsors do they need? I mean, don't they need most... like eleven more? I thought. I think they needed two eighteen. Last I heard, they had like two oh seven or something. I've, I've I, actually I've heard it's two twenty two, so they're over their number. Um, obviously, they're going to try to get pe- as many people on board. Uh, you know, <laughs> nobody wants a uh, bill just just to squeak through. Um, you know, they want to make it look like everybody everybody wants this, and I th- I think the vast majority of America would agree with uh, auditing the Federal Reserve. Yeah, if they knew what the Federal Reserve was, they probably would agree. <laughs> well, if they if 
it. They, they know they've heard of it, and they Maybe. they figure it's a government agency of some sort. And the idea that it hasn't been um, been audited by the government since 1913 at its inception would probably horrify them if they knew that <laughs> fact, and they mm-hmm. likely don't. And that, so the, they'll they'll agree with auditing. However, I, you know the the, the 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 cynical among us would probably say, well, even if they do audit the Federal Reserve and they find you know all kinds of terrible mistakes, they'll throw some flunky under the bus or two or ten, or and then they'll just move on with doing whatever it is that they're doing. It'll take that's them what an, I think. Take them another hundred years to to get back to um, this and, and check not, on them again. This does not excite me in the what? least, but. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, and it'll dramatically change the way the the monetary system in this country works eventually. Who knows? Well, they killed Kennedy and got away with it. I think you're right. They'll gloss over it. I mean, only the Federal Reserve could get an all-black jury against the white supremacist, this Von Brunn guy that tried to peacefully... Do a citizen's arrest on the Federal Reserve. What is this? And when they, I'm not familiar well, with what you're talking the about. The Von Brum guy that went in and he shot the guy in the Holocaust Museum. Okay. Year, years ago, he tried to do a peaceful citizen's arrest of the Federal Reserve, and they had an, he was a white supremacist, and they got an all-black jury and a uh, Jewish uh, prosecutor and a black prosecutor and a Jewish judge against him. Well, talk about stacking the deck. Yeah, it, it does sound stacked. I mean, I don't, I don't know that any of these are facts, but uh, I, <laughs> but you're, you're saying this is the same guy who this week murdered somebody? Yes. Yeah, yeah, on MSNBC on the internet, they they glossed over that they talked about him. It was something with the Federal Reserve, but I read a detailed article on MSNBC that said he tried to peacefully arrest years ago some of the people in the Federal Reserve, and they knew he was a white supremacist, so they had a totally stacked prosecution team, judge, and jury against them, kind of well, like when you go to tax court. Well, I, I would say that uh, on the point that you're making about how the uh, juries are definitely not juries of one's peers, as they claim that they actually are, they're absolutely not. In many cases, juries are typically people that are selected to be obedient and ignorant of the, the process of, uh, of the judicial system. Um, but all that said, if a guy is a scumbag like he seems to be like that, it's hard for me to shed any tears. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Well, it, it, it'd be nice to see where a case like that would have gone. And if he hadn't, uh, you know, if he hadn't have been a white su- supremacist and he had tried to do the arresting thing, then I, I'd be interested in seeing, you know, where it would have gone. What, how would they have uh, gone after him at that point? I don't know. They would have just stacked the jury with all kinds of people that are obedient to the state. What, the, what their color is, I don't think is uh, it's really It's a shame that, that uh, somehow this liberty thing um, gets equated far too often with uh, that racist thing. You know? Yeah, it really is uh, a damn shame. But then again, uh, I understand where those folks are coming from, that many of them would like to uh, be left alone, just like a lot of people would like to be left alone. It's just that they're despicable in uh, in what they believe, and I find them absolutely disgusting. So. Right, and you know, if there wasn't to care about if them. there wasn't an overbearing government out there telling people what to do, um, you know, sure there'd be probably be some pockets of uh, white supremacists out there that wouldn't want any black folks coming to their town and do something terrible to them, and likely you wouldn't get justice. But one might question whether you're getting justice anyway, um, in you know most circumstances. And secondly, when the government's tyrannical and gets involved in people's lives then these white supremacists just blame it on the Jews. If the government wasn't getting tyrannical and being involved in people's lives telling them what to do, they wouldn't have anything to blame yeah. on the Jews. 
So I, I'm not saying the Jews are doing it. What I'm saying is, is the, the government's giving these people fodder. Fuel for their fire, yeah. Fuel for their hatred. Right. And that's, and that's really what the government does. It's a tool that a, a, a larger group of people can use against a smaller group of people. And obviously, thank God, the white supremacists are a smaller group of people now. Right, because if the white supremacists were in charge of the state, then they'd and be they doing all kinds of because then they'd be doing all kinds of horrific things to uh, like enslaving people, they didn't people like. and and you know making yeah. it legal for a master to to beat a slave unto death. You know it was property. You could do whatever you want. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So I absolutely defend their right to say and believe whatever horrific, awful things they want to believe. I would never harm one of them or cause them to uh, be harmed or take their children from them. Go ahead, indoctrinate your kids with all the nonsense crap uh, that you want to, uh, all this craziness. Real life life will unindoctrinate them, um, enough of them that uh, pretty soon this whole racial thing will go away. I swear. I hope hope you're right about that, Mark. I think we've we've made progress. We've we've made huge amounts of progress, and I I don't see how it can't, honestly. Yeah. Um, if we can keep the government at bay enough, because uh, the government does fuel hatred um, amongst races, I, 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 you know, maybe we can get rid of it entirely in a couple of generations. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I support their freedom to be racist and their freedom to be jerks, uh, but that doesn't, uh, but I, I, that doesn't mean I have to like them, and I certainly don't want to be anywhere near them. I remember there was uh, I was listening to Gardner and Dale talk about a particular band that was playing at one of the Porcupine Freedom Festivals, and then at, later on it was discovered that these um, at least one member of the band on his on their band message board had been talking. Uh, I guess they've got some sort of paranoid kookery uh, message board or something like that, and and one of the areas is uh, about the Jews, and there's apparently some racist stuff in there. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with those people. I'm not going to support an event that supports them. I'm not going to in any way be associated with them. And uh, we need to back our. We need to make it crystal clear that the liberty movement uh, is about freedom and it's not about uh, hatred in any way, shape, or form. And so we need to dis- disassociate ourselves with those people as uh, as often as possible. As often as they rear their ugly heads, they're disgusting to me. Yeah, I, I, I just it doesn't make any sense to me to to grant to to blame one group, ethnic or otherwise, for a particular thing. I mean, if people choose to be a part of a group, I can see, uh, I can see, you know, pointing out that group. I, I kind of get. Yeah, they've where, chosen to be white supremacists, so I'm pointing them out as scumbags. Right. Yeah. Yeah. White supremacists have chosen to be white supremacists, and any black other supremacists have not chosen to be black. Jews have not chosen right. to be Jewish. And in most cases with well, Jews... some people, can, you can choose to be a Jew, can't you? you? You can choose to be a religious Jew. You cannot choose to be an ethnic Jew. I see. You you were born in the ethnicity that you were born in. You see, and that's, gotcha. that's the thing about being Jewish, is that both an eth- ethnicity and a religion. But um, Are know, there any others that are that way? Any other religions that are also ethnicities? <laughs> almost Catholicism. Um, hmm. <laughs> just about. If you're, if you're Italian or Irish, you're just about ethnically Catholic. Toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Hey, I found this interesting. I know last night we talked about the tobacco bill and how it is the the biggest, most far-reaching governmental legislation ever passed on the tobacco product. Uh, And it was awful, and I don't want to recap all of it here, but I was looking at another article about it here today from the Associated Press, and I found a quote particularly revealing from Henry Waxman in California. Just chew on this. He says that the bill that they've passed now, and they're waiting for a signature on, is truly historic and puts us one small step away 
from finally acting to address the tobacco epidemic in our country. So this bill hadn't gone far enough. It's just one step away from whatever the final solution is, whatever that means. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. They're all completely free. Enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, one of the ways you can do that is to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. You can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. Join the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on as many radio stations as possible, bring as many Internet listeners on board as we can, and expose them to the ideas of freedom. So if it's valuable to you and you want to get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And remember... If you give $3 a month to the Free Talk Live Amplifier program, not only will you get perks, but you'll also get the satisfaction of knowing that Bureaucrash's Lee Doran hates you. (laughs) Hate, hate, hates you. Uh, We talked last week about this Lee Doran character from Bureaucrash. He's now the crasher-in-chief over there, an organization that I used to support and no no longer do. Uh, In fact, I withdrew my membership at the beginning of this week because they appointed this Lee Doran guy who is in no way... We were just talking with a guy from Nevada about how the Libertarian Party has moved away from its principles. In the same way, Bureaucrash uh, has lost its principles as well. It has been taken over by a man that does not hold liberty near and dear to his heart. A man that uh, when nailed down with the right questions will admit that he has no qualms throwing you in a jail cell if you don't want to go along with his favorite government programs. Well, I think we all came from uh, an area like that, and, and you know, I, I think that he's, he's moving along. I just, I, 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 it's, it's, it's incongruous to me that uh, they would have picked, uh, you know, a guy, basically a Republican libertarian slash kind of guy. No, you can't put Republican and libertarian together. This is one, one, of, one of the things of... I don't like about people like Lee Doran is they try to make it sound like libertarians are Republicans, and it's nonsense. Look, you can be a libertarian slash Democrat, too. It, the idea is using both of those words. No, you can't be a libertarian slash Democrat either. I'm sorry, Mark. Just because you say you can doesn't mean that it's true. The Uh, definition of a libertarian was – now, I know you're trying to change what the definition of a libertarian is, and you've pretty much done it, you and your buddies Glenn Beck and these other people out there, people like Lee Doran. uh, You've done a brilliant job of infiltrating the libertarian movement and ruining that term. But when I learned about the term libertarian just a decade ago, it meant somebody who didn't agree with the initiation of force. uh, That's that's the uh, oath that one takes at the – when one joins the party. However, I I believe that the the term libertarian would be defined as somebody who is fiscally conservative – socially liberal so that's your you belief mark you don't and get it's to wrong. define it either sure i do why i was there first no well that's not good enough sorry <laughs> why don't you just continue ripping on mr doran yeah i will because uh, somebody just sent me a chat log from the bureaucrash chat room where he basically trashes on me and uh, free talk live uh calling me absurd and then making fun of us because we ask for donations which as you've pointed out mark is not really what we're doing with the amp program it's right. not a donation it, it, it program. It annoys the crap out of me the way you uh, the, you position the the AMP program as a sort of a donation thing. The fact is, I've never called it that. You 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 position it that way though. 
You don't say donation, but it's kind of, if you want to help us You're out... You're helping our business. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, sure. Buying products from a business helps them out. But businesses are there to provide service goods and services to people that yeah. they want. And the amplifiers, by and large do want the goods and services that we provide. And there's all kinds of perks for being an amplifier, uh, not the least of which is the amplifier-only forum. The, uh, the, 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 it's the chat room. There's an amplifier-only chat room, the, uh, the phone line that they get to use specifically for themselves. Yeah, but all that stuff came after the, the amp program was... Free podcast. But you need to be honest, though, here, Mark. All of those perks came later. They came after the idea of AMP. The original idea of AMP was that our listeners could help us get this show on more radio stations and expand Free Talk Live. Now, they benefit from that in that more people find out about liberty. Hopefully, we'll achieve liberty sooner. But there weren't really any perks to go along with AMP in the very beginning. I don't recall what they were, if there were any of them. I, I don't know, but it I mean, was we just certainly a, added them along the was, way. Right, right. There I mean, were fewer amplifiers back then, too. That's true. The good or service that we were providing. Good the or ampl- service? The good or oh, service oh, okay. that we were providing to the amplifiers back then was essentially providing a libertarian, a, a freedom-oriented radio show to the public at large, and they wanted to support that. They sure did. Uh, but Lee Doran would have you believe that uh, he says, oh, okay, so he makes fun of us for for taking uh, money in uh, with the AMP program, and he says, wow, a whole 4500 a month? I bet with that amount of money he can buy an anarchist purity ring to show everyone how pure he is. Because according to Lee Doran, all I ever talk about is how pure I am. Well, I which, don't know that uh, you talk about that. You talk about uh, certainly you, you, don't, uh, you don't make any bones about your uh, you know, belief that freedom is an absolute. He says, uh, Ian is playing Dungeons and Dragons for a living. He doesn't care about the country. He can yell on his show with that hunk of $4,500 per month. See, it's... it's the, oh, that he must... thinks that the only money we're bringing in is $4,500 a month? Oh, that's I sad. don't think that's true, but uh, okay. I think that he's pointing out that's what the AMP program is bringing in. And uh, I guess he maybe he feels superior because he's a lawyer and everything, and they make well, three hundred dollars an hour. So maybe you know, I mean, he maybe he makes as more bureaucrat, money. He's not making a great. He's deal. not making three hundred an hour. Chief, chief, he's not making that kind of money. But I'm I'm sure bureaucrat is making uh, is bringing in more in donations. But it is a donation only venture. Uh, Free Talk Live is a commercial venture that we're asking people to sort of help us out with, and there many many of them do. So just to you know, just give you a heads up, we don't have a, we don't have staff out. You know, asking for money. Lee Doran hates it that uh, people are giving to the AMP program. So, another reason to give to AMP. A, uh, amp.freetalklive.com. We go to Rick in Mount Jackson listening to WSVG. Hello, Rick. Hello. This is an absolutely fascinating conversation, and I feel horrible that this is the first chance that I've had to listen to you guys. Oh, well, welcome to the uh, program. We're on there weeknights. incredible. I consider myself a libertarian. Um, I'm fiscally conservative, socially liberal, um, was a uh, serving Army officer, intelligence officer back in the 80s. Um, you know, I, I, I feel a certain patriotism. Let, before you uh, go on, Rick, uh, before you go on, I want to get your opinion here on something that Mark and I were just disagreeing on. As, as a random third party who just happened to step into the conversation here, uh, brand new to the show, since Mark and I were discussing what the definition of libertarian is, you did accept that you're socially uh, socially liberal, economically conservative, and I think that's a, that's a fine thing to be. But how do you feel about the initiation of force? Does being a libertarian mean to you that uh, you don't support the initiation of force? on others well that, that, well this is an interesting segue because what i wanted to what i wanted to ask you gentlemen was your definition in that you were uh 
uh, you know, talking about Bob Barr um, representing the Libertarian, Libertarian Party in the last election and that he really wasn't truly a Libertarian. And I kind of wanted to pick your brains about what he didn't do. And I'm, I'm coming from total ignorance on my side. I don't have an opinion about Bob Barr one way or the other. Um, and I don't really have an opinion about uh, Ron Paul, other than I enjoyed seeing him when he was on television. He seemed to make a certain amount of sense, and I know that you don't necessarily consider him a libertarian. I, I, you know, the simplest definition is the one that you just gave, which is 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 uh, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Live and let live. Let other people believe what they want to believe. How stupid, no matter how stupid, um, and. Uh, you know, uh, so help and me out. not you initiate know, how, how force. The, the key is how, to. How can all those listeners be good libertarians? The, what the can key, we do? The key is uh, to embrace to further the cause. Uh, to, I'm sure you're going to get a different answer from my co-host Mark here, but to me, the key to liberty is to embrace. Uh, to, to embrace allowing of others to be free, that uh, you do not initiate force, you will not aggress against your neighbors. If you don't like what your neighbor is doing, you should use persuasion and ostracism uh, against, with or for, for rather, or against uh, your neighbors uh, in order to bring them over to your mindset and not the threat of force, which is what government does, is it threatens people with violence if they don't behave in a certain uh, manner and do what they d- are demanding. And I think a libertarian is somebody who essentially has rejected uh, the initiation of force and will not support aggression against their neighbors. That said, what's your answer, Mark? Uh, my my answer is that uh, somebody who largely uh, disagrees with the idea of using government against their neighbors is, is somebody who would be a libertarian. I think that we have a term for people that will that that believe the government should go away and so therefore should not be used against uh, you know against you know by one group against another, and we call those people anarchists or voluntarists or or uh, you know whatever you, free musketeers whatever you want to call them. Um, those, those people, we have terms for that. And what we need is a term for people who believe in small government. And, and that term, as far as I'm concerned, by and large, is libertarian. You can change it if you want. You're the one who's changed it, Mark. I haven't changed You're, it for yes, anything. Yes, you are. You're the one who's changed it. Go ahead with your thoughts, uh, Rick. Yeah, I was just going to, forgive me for interrupting, it, it, uh, just when you're talking about neighbors, are you talking about here in the United States? Are you talking further abroad, you know, uh, uh, on, on a grand Anyone scale? Anyone who's peaceful. Um, Any, you know, anybody the, who, the, the, uh, you know, our... I, I want to uh, hold you, you know, through here if you, don't, if you don't mind, Rick. Because I believe what... I was told. I want to bring Rick back. I hope he'll hang through the news here because uh, it's, it's a good question. The answer, I, the short answer is that when I say neighbor, I mean anybody who's peaceful. I don't care if they're down the street or if they're halfway across the world. You should not be aggressing against people. More on the way. Hopefully Rick will stay. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. If you dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we go back to your phone calls, uh, we held Rick through. and Actually, Rick, Rick held through very patiently through the news there. Uh, Rick, coming across the show for, the, was it the first time tonight? Absolutely. Well, welcome. Uh, and 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 I'm and I, I I feel awful for having missed it for so long. Well, that's well, okay. The the archives are out there for you. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can get the last years <laughs> worth of archives on the uh, uh, on the website itself, and then uh, well, after that, uh, somebody will probably help you out. Somewhere. Well, plus every single uh, you have the benefit of being one of our uh, weekday affiliate listeners there on WSVG in Mount Jackson, so you can hear us every single night there. Um, so, okay. So welcome to the program. Uh, We're talking about libertarianism, and uh, you helped us rehash a. A commentary or a dispute, rather, that Mark and I have been having over the last forever, uh, as far as what the what the term libertarian means, and and you described yourself as somebody who uh, is affiliated with that term, and you described yourself in one of the the ways that I've heard libertarians described, and I once described myself uh, in this way that you're socially liberal and uh, economically conservative. Is that right? Absolutely, and it and it you know I think it's a it, it, it's almost a lifestyle. I mean I've I've been that that's the way I've led my life is is you know being uh, you know I've never uh, spent more than I earned. I've always you know if I wanted something I saved up for it uh, mm. instead of borrowing for it, and um, you know I've lived my life in the in the sense of of, of you know for, forgive me for repeating myself, but live and let live. Right. I, and- I, I really don't care as long as you don't mess with me. You can believe whatever you wish. Absolutely. And and the I'm, other, the other thing, as I wanted to say, is that I'm ethnically Catholic. <laughs> ethnically <So>. Catholic, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just hilarious. The um, well, no, it is. I, I I used to book bands a long, long time ago, and I, the, the guy that I worked with is a guy named Lips Lakowitz, who's Jewish, and and we'd worked really? so long together, but never met. And he finally said, "Are you Jewish?" And I said, "No, I'm Catholic." Because that eh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you had uh, sort of asked about is how far do we take this principle, and um, do, do we apply it to foreign policy? And you right, meant- and, and and you know, I would I would like to think that people that follow this uh, would apply it to their daily lives, but also, you know, I, I you know, with all the questions going on in the world right now. Um, and all the problems, you know, I see some of the things that the pro- current president is doing as being libertarian in that he's trying to um, uh, create dialogue, you know, uh, yep. instead of attacking the neighbors, trying to talk to them. Um, on the other hand, uh, he's certainly creating a much larger government than we've had um, before, but yep. that he's inherited a lot of that as well from Usually, uh, an alleged Republican. The, yeah, the, the the way it seems to go these days is that we get uh, you know Democrats that grow the social aspect of government, um, the, um, the you know the half of the discretionary spending that's out there, and we get Republicans that grow the other half, which is the military budget, um, and. I'm of the opinion that uh, the United States has no business being in 131 nations and 700 military bases around the world. 
many people can't imagine what the world would be like if the United States acted like every other nation acts. And, you know, does that mean that the despots would take over and uh, guys like uh, Muammar Gaddafi and uh, Saddam Hussein uh, and, you know, those kind of folks, uh, Ahmadinejad, who may or may not have won his election by the looks of it, uh, you know, all these guys, would would they take over? Would they become 10-pock dictators with uh, nuclear uh, ISB, uh, ISBs? What, what, what's the... Uh, ICBMs? ICBMs, excuse ICBMs, me. ICBMs, yeah. yeah uh, you know, what, what would the world be like without the United States all over? And, you know, I don't know. Currently, well, what's well, it like two, for the rest two, of the world? Two quick things. I'm on my way up to Dulles Airport to pick up my nephew who's flying in for the summer. Uh-huh. And... Um, there is a German uh, uh, Air Force installation at uh, Dulles Airport, and that is an ipso fact, or that's a, a quid pro quo yeah. for our 100 and you know 30 or I'm trying to remember how many how many troops we have in in Germany, you know, Ramstein and 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 all the other bases, mm-hmm. and we give them their little base here to kind of make them feel better. You know that we've still got 130,000 troops in their country. Yeah, I, I and and but on the other hand, and I I and I do find it ridiculous. We are not an empire, or we should. Yes, we be. are. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm we, not. Oh, oh, point of information. Uh, I am not an empire, and I don't uh, associate myself with people who would want to be an empire. But you're right. The U.S. federal government absolutely is an and empire. And this is my point on this: is um, the live and let live aspect. Is I'm a Quaker now. Um, you know, I'm coming from the Republican angle that you are, but I've recently converted to Quakerism, and we don't believe in in violence at all. Period. And right. don't believe in military service. Period. So the idea that they that <laughs> money is forcibly extracted from me, my paycheck, uh, the the money that I earn in order to fund the sort of extra extra constitutional empire that we that we have around the world for you know the the feeling of safety that some people get out of it. I'm of the opinion that that empire really in fact creates the problems like 9/11. If we weren't in uh, Saudi Arabia, we wouldn't have had a 9/11. But um, you know, yeah. On the other hand, they really, really want us there. Who and is that, they? That's well, wait, the who other, is they? The other the, side of the coin. The wait, Saudi wait, Arabian wait. government really yeah. wants us yeah, there. Careful, uh, yeah, king. Yeah, no, the man, the, the, the man on the street absolutely does not. But, but well, then the, you can't the, say they right, want us there, right. Rick. The, the British soldiers, uh, you know, the, the governors of uh, of the the colonies really wanted the British soldiers here back in the Revolutionary War. But we fought a war against a king, and the idea that the, the United States Navy uh, nation uh, is supporting a, a king now just seems so crazy to me oh and and a king that uh, a kingdom that everything that you are for you know personal liberty yeah you know uh, you know I, I could go through the laundry list of what they can't do and that's all coming from the kingdom that's all coming from the royal family that's not that's that you know that that and they do that to placate their uh, incredibly um, uh, well strong religious uh, portion of their country. Right, the Wahhabis you know, they, they, have a lot they, of sway. They continue to enforce that uh, so that they don't have an uprising. But they, the, the, they enforce the other it. Side of the coin is, they enforce it, but they do whatever they want. Officer, they they they, it, it, they run around the globe and they 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 jet set, but they ref, they enforce it on their average citizens. Go ahead. Oh no! Oh, absolutely! Oh well, you know, let, let's not start talking about hypocrisy. Do we have an, Do we have enough years? Um, the, the you know the the other side of the coin is as as I said as a former intelligence officer is that 
the, the whole point of, uh, of of the military when one I'm sorry, Rick. We are lose, we are losing your cell phone. Uh, thank you though for the call. I hope that you can call us again uh, sometime and uh, explain whatever it was you were going to get to there as a former intelligence officer. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Okay, Mark. So I went to dictionary dot com and I have pulled up the dictionary definition of libertarian. Okay, and, but, but uh, what de- first off, before you go on, it doesn't really matter whether that definition is closest to yours or closest to mine. Because who cares what Dictionary.com says? What matters is how is libertarian used. And I'm of the opinion that libertarian, you may, may be of the opinion that it is used incorrectly, but I'm of the opinion that people use libertarian essentially to mean smaller, a person who is for smaller government. Some people do use it in that way, and they are using it incorrectly. Okay. That's all I'm trying to put out there. But English is a growing language, That's and true. the word is defined by its usage it sure in, is. in an aggregate. Go ahead. I just think it's sad that somebody who claims to be a libertarian doesn't actually understand what the definition of it means. You all are, right. well, are you going to read this? Are you going to be right yes. or wrong? Go ahead. It, it is uh, both a noun and an adjective. Uh, is it Now, it, of course... What our last caller said was that, well, when Obama is doing uh, diplomatic things, he's doing something, in his opinion, that is libertarian. That would be using it in an adjective uh, sense. And I don't know if that's really even that accurate. Uh, what he's doing is certainly more re- – if you're talking instead of dropping bombs, it's certainly more reasonable. Of course, on the other hand, he is dropping bombs and uh, having people killed. So in, in no way does that really make the situation that much better just because he's talking with uh, with some people. So I don't think it, uh, applying the term libertarian to that particular belief is accurate. Anyway, as a noun, it's a person who advocates liberty. That's what a libertarian is. And, of course, liberty is freedom from arbitrary or despotic government or control. Right. Free from captivity or restraint. Right. And you define liberty as an an end, you know, the the state of being uh, completely free, whereas one can be more free or less free. Just ask Congress. You just have choices, as our uh, caller last night pointed out. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. John and Lobo are back with more rapid-fire action. It began as a favor to a woman trying to get away from an abusive husband, but it proves that no good deed goes unpunished, and the consequences may be fatal to their partnership. The sequel to One Jump Ahead and Slanted Jack, Overthrowing Heaven, by Mark L. Van Name, available from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those, including... The live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folks. He does not pretend to be unbiased in reporting and tries to add some humor to every report. Find his videos at lclreport.com or join the LCL group on Facebook or Twitter. If you like his reports, buy some advertising or subscribe for $3 a month. Support Liberty by supporting other Liberty activists. Again, find all the stories at lclreport.com. 
1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, I was thinking during the break, Mark, I, I just don't know why it is I am still so attached to the term libertarian. I, I On one hand, I want to let it go. I want to say, Mark, you and you, you and your unprincipled pals uh, can, can have the term. Uh, I don't even like it for myself. Really? Not particularly. I mean, I use it because I don't really – I, I want to use a factual term – that other people understand that's what the word that's the reason for words but i don't like the you know, I, i'm not i don't support bob Barr. you know that no no that's true and and so why and i i don't think that glenn beck has libertarianism for me the most important thing is uh that that our nation not be building an empire that it not be globe trotting that it not be going around and uh you know uh well, the nation doesn't do anything the nation a nation is just a concept whatever uh you I, mean the government the u.s people the government calling themselves the nation the government? whatever uh, that they're doing it in the name of the nation and propping up tin pot dictators around the world and kings and and forcing people into you know crappy despotic uh, governments i that i'd i'd rather have socialized medicine than i would rather than than to have those 131 bases around the world that's what my preference would be. Well, you'll probably get them both. Yeah, probably. I, you absolutely will, because that's how the government works. And, <laughs> you know, once it's instituted, look, Bush tried to get rid of, uh, or not get rid of, but to make Social Security optional for some people. Look, at the, it was impossible. He was a president with a Republican Congress, a Republican House, and a Republican Senate, and he was a Republican president, and he couldn't get it done. Toll free, 800-259-9231. So maybe, uh, obviously I like the term voluntarist. I'm also liking like a modern abolitionist. I like that as well. Well, that doesn't even make any sense to people, though. Those are fun terms, yeah. and I, I, I get where you're going. I don't want to make sense to people, because if, I, I, if, you, if you use a term they think they know, they probably don't know it. I mean, even you don't know what libertarian means, and you, uh, you're, you're working with liberty people all the time. And you you believe really I don't know what it means. Uh, I mean, you, you, you actually contradicted yourself a few moments ago. You said, with our last caller, you said you're a Quaker, and that as a Quaker, you don't believe in violence. Correct. Is that right? Absolutely. But yet you support government. No, Ian. Look, you, you support a small government, which no, means violence against everyone. I'm of the opinion. See, this is where you simply don't get it, because you're so wrapped up in your point of view that nothing else could possibly be right. I'm for peace and liberty. I want people really? to have peace and, small and liberty. Wait and a small, second. teeny little... I believe we'll get there step by step to peace yeah. and liberty. I'm not of the opinion that the system that you're talking about is going to provide peace and liberty. You're going to have to show me. So a me. little bit of violence is peace and liberty? Is it's that better saying? than a lot of violence. So you aren't really a Quaker then? No, I'm really a Quaker because you want lots of violence. What are you talking about? I want lots you of violence. You want no I government want... and you want people enslaved by, uh, you know, ma you know by, by the rich people is from what <laughs> I can tell. I mean, I don't know for sure what the world will be like. And please, all the voluntarists and anarchists out there, don't call me and tell me I've heard this argument a hundred times. I want people but, to be enslaved by the rich people. Where did you get that one from? Well, that's what I, that's what I believe is going to happen. Wait a minute. Isn't that what we have today? Government it, in one the, fell swoop or something. Isn't that what we have today? And you and I both know that government isn't going to go away in one fell swoop. Then, so why, come then on what's now. the problem with with um, you know a step by step plan like I? The have. problem is that you say you don't support violence on one hand, and then on the other hand you say you support smaller government, which means that you support some government. And unless you're talking about a government that is not actually a coercive government, which you did not make clear. 
Uh, if you say government, people know what that means. That means people telling them what to do. And if they don't do what the government demands, and people calling themselves government demand, they will get hurt. Violence will be employed upon them. I am for a step-by-step uh, incremental move towards more liberty and more freedom for people and as we find a system that works best through that, because I believe that moving towards liberty and towards freedom and uh, towards nonviolence is going to get us a system like that. Once we find, and I believe that people should be able to compete, competing communities to try these out. Once you have your little community where they have, you know, hookers roaming the streets and uh, people, people <laughs> hookers able to only do whatever roam do, the streets because of prohibition. Do, do, what, do, what, you know, do whatever drugs they want, and they're uh, doing whatever drugs they want right people now. People enslaved because they they haven't been Shame able to pay you, off a, a bill or whatever. Shame on all you, sir. All of that sir. stuff. You misrepresentation. Can try that. That's I'm just all saying, misrepresentation. I want you to be able to try that. It's all misrepresentation of the voluntary society, and I don't appreciate you putting those words in my mouth. Shame on you, what, sir. You, you don't think that well, there's not going to be prostitution? Uh, there's not going to be prostitutes you roaming s- the streets, like you said. There are prostitutes are, today. Are there hot the dog they, vendors roaming, roaming the streets The reason today? prostitutes roam the streets is because of prohibition. There would be very few street walkers in a, a voluntary society. You know, an enterprising entrepreneurial hooker who has a storefront might say to herself, I need to go out on the street to get some business. I'm going out to drum it up. <laughs> That's very well possible. Uh, however, it seems like uh, the if the street owner has a problem with that, then he would be able to put a stop to it. So I guess it would depend on who owns the street. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Please as don't you, misrepresent As you my... step over the heroin addicts to get to her. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're funny, and that's not funny, and that's not how it would be. So please give me a break. Would you allow heroin addicts to be lying all over your privately owned street? You know, I don't know how main streets will operate. I don't think that uh, there will be a street owner. I think that that's a kind of a ludicrous scenario. I think more, well, who more would likely what you'll, what? Who would own the street? Would it I think, be public property? Is that I what think, you're saying? I think more li- <laughs> more than likely the uh, this this will be an incremental st- incremental step, and more than likely you'll just see the old downtowns turn into slums and new ones be built in sort of a plaza mall type uh, uh, aspect where th- there's like a mall owner that takes care of these things. Well, that's certainly an interesting idea. I don't see any reason why downtowns couldn't revitalize themselves. They already have downtown associations. This would just having liberty would just mean they would have uh, control over the parking spaces and the roads. Well, so. because the, the, the commons are tragic, and uh, I just don't, I just don't, I, I can't imagine you would have a road owner. So then you'll have people, you know, d- taking better and worse cares. I just, I, I think things will have to change. Well, things are, things are going to change. I mean, that's a Governments create problems, and they've created yeah. big problems with what they've had, and it's going to take a, a certain period of time for those problems to unwrap themselves. I don't think it's a big problem to transfer road ownership from a coercive gang to uh, people that actually own property. I don't think that's a problem at all. You just seed the roads, and then you let them take care of it. If there's a problem or a pothole, they'll either fix it or people stop driving on their roads. And then you're right. It will turn into a trash town because no one will want to come there and drive on their crap can roads when they could be driving on uh, more attractive roads. All, but, you, all you have to do is talk to somebody who's lived on a private road to realize that there's always that one neighbor that takes a really bad care of their uh, their portion. They'll probably go paid. out of business then. If you don't take care of good roads. Really? If you, if you're, if you don't see any crappy to, businesses around town? What? You don't see any crappy businesses around town? How about the corner of West there Street? There are some crappy businesses around town. So yep. if people want to keep uh, patronizing them with crappy roads, then okay, I guess they'll do fine. Whoopie-doo. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, the toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, the Free Talk Live, or freetalklive.com. You can head on over there and enjoy all the features completely free, including the chat room. Go to chat.freetalklive.com, and you'll see uh, at, at least a handful of people in there pretty much any old time during the show chatting it up, and it's free at chat.freetalklive.com. To your phone calls, Tom in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Tom. Hey guys. Hey, what's on I your really, mind? I really, really enjoyed your show. I've been listening to it lately, and it's a uh... And uh, it's been real informative. So well, thank you, great. sir. It, uh, go ahead with your thoughts. Basically, wanted to tell you. First of all, I'm, I'm a neocon. I'm, oh. I'm I'm not ashamed of it. No I'm one sorry. really claims that. You should Ever. be ashamed of it. Hey, <laughs> I believe in black helicopters. I believe in interfering with other nations' foreign affairs. I mean, uh, I believe in real politics. You believe in hurting your neighbors, aggression against uh, peaceful people. <laughs> yes. It protects us. Mm. And oh, I feel so yes, protected. But here, Thank here's you my, so much my for protecting me Ian, without my permission. Ian, please. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that the 9-11 attacks occurred because of our interference in foreign nations supporting uh, despots like King Hassan at the time. Right. Well, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I, I know that some of our actions in the past have caused the... Uh, a lot of hatred toward our country. Uh, I don't think that there's a, as much of a, of a direct connection between the two, but that's that's neither here nor there. I, I, I but I must say that I am seeing myself becoming more libertarian. So there is a bright spot here. Uh, well, it's, I, it's, um, it, it, the the I, logic is inescapable. But let, um, let me let, 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 let's let's approach the Saudi Arabia thing um, here real quick. I want to I want to focus on that for a second. Um, you would understand that we've been in cahoots with the Saudi Arabian government since uh, I think it was the 30s. Um, Please stop including me in your we. I'm not in cahoots with anybody like that. Thank you. Yeah, right. Nobody was talking to you, man. Um, the uh, the United States uh, citizens of the United States and and its government. There are have, no citizens. And have been uh, in cahoots with the Saudi Arabian uh, government for you know, about 60, 70 years now. And we've been sort of supporting that ruling family because we need to stabilize that area so that we can pump oil out of their ground. Sound right? That's right. Okay. Yes. So now there's people that live on top of that ground, and those people have human rights, correct? Exactly. And one of those human rights is to be able to choose their governor, uh, government, right? Right, which they don't have a very good history of over in that part of the world. Well, that's, that's because they're, they're, they're um, Cro-Magnon sand people, and they're not real humans, right? No, I do not believe that at all. Okay, I well, then they, they should be able to choose what their government is, and if they fight with their neighbors about it, that's really their problem. I think we've done that here, too, haven't we? Well, listen, I mean, I, I'm, I'm evolving. I'm not saying I, that I know, I'm, I'm just, 100 I, I'm just trying to. I'm not trying to, to, uh, to rake you over the coals. I'm trying to get you to a point that I got to at one point when I was yes. you know, coming from the Republican side. I just realized, holy Holy crap! I'm supporting, uh, you know, foreign intervention in a country that has a king, and we fought a revolutionary war against a king, and that seems counter- counterintuitive and maybe wrong. But in a world of of of, uh, of uh, you know, right and wrong, or you have one choice versus the other, and they're both absolutely 100% pure, we don't live in that world, and we have to make decisions sometimes that. Uh, that are not exactly, I believe, and that are not exactly, I guess, uh, the cleanest decisions that we can make. Kind of I mean, break a few it, eggs to make an omelet, that kind of thing. 
Listen, I, you know, I'm a Nixonian. Hey, let's a, kill some people. It'll be good for the world, right? Well, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really, really academic here. I wanted to throw you guys a couple concepts and see okay. if maybe you can talk about it real quickly. Sure. First mm. of all, could you explain maybe to listeners, like, maybe the difference between, say, paleoconservatism and neoconservatism? And also, i got one more thing I want to throw at you, and I'll hang up. Uh, I've been studying recently the the concept of anarcho-capitalism. Well, let's stop right there for a moment, and let's address the uh, paleo-slash-neoconservative. Marcus, the conservative-ish guy, uh, what's your answer to that? Um, I'd say that a paleo-conservative is sort of defined as uh, somebody who believes in, uh, you know, no foreign intervention, less foreign intervention, uh, smaller government. Uh, you can What's that? Have you can type conservative. I, I think that he's he's probably in that arena. He's also an isolationist. I don't think that a, a paleoconservative would necessarily be considered an isolationist. Um, right. And in, in, by isolationist, I mean that uh, he doesn't think not only that we shouldn't uh, have military in other countries, but we, that should, we shouldn't do business with other countries, that we should do right. all our manufacturing and everything here in the United States, and we shouldn't outsource anything, which to me is contrary to economic principles, which uh, you know advise a division of labor. Correct. They're more of the pre-World War II type conservatives. Correct. So I believe Smedley yeah. Butler was one, uh, the two-time Marine uh, Medal of Honor winner uh, who advocated us not get involved in World War II. Well, another thing, like when it comes to anarchism, I know that when you people today think of anarchists, think of kids in black clothing with trust funds throwing rocks through Starbucks windows. And Sounds right. Like they that. do. And uh, But there's also a type of anarchy uh, thought, thought-provoking anarchism that's more of um, that we should have freedom to buy and sell as much, you know, in any type of means that we can, you know, a totally free market. And that's where the concept of an anarcho-capitalism, which I don't know much about. And I wonder if one of you guys maybe knew anything about that. I, I, I do uh, know a thing or two about it. I, uh, I prefer the term voluntarist or, or free marketeer. Uh, because right. I think that uh, I think that in a free marketplace you can have all sorts of different organizations. You can have people uh, being capitalists. You can have people get together and do their own little commune, uh, commune if you want to. I think the free market encompasses everything that is of, is of a voluntary nature. And I'm I'm, I'm a voluntarist, but I appreciate the anarcho-capitalists, and uh, I know that's what they're the Wikipedia. Coming. That's the Wikipedia version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what the anarcho-capitalists do is they use the terminology anarcho to mean no government. However, anarcho um, has you know the the idea of no government can go two different ways. You can either consider government a group of men and women that use uh, coo- coercive force to have a monopoly privilege on violence. That's the historical definition. That's of the government. historic definition of government, and it, it by and large that's how governments work. Is to a lesser or greater extent, they have the monopoly privilege of using violence um, in their particular geographic area. And in the, in the United States' case, we use it all over the world. Um, the Whereas a government can mean an entity, you know, that that sort of governs behavior, and you can do that through a contractual basis, in the same way that my uh, credit card company governs my behavior to some extent based on a contract that they that we have signed. So no, you govern your behavior. You make those choices. Th- th- they don't if, govern you. If I you. decide to uh, to, for instance, not pay the uh, the payment that I said that I was going to pay through the contract. They are going to, you know, enact punishments on me. I just, I just don't understand the the point, Mark, of attempting to rescue the term government away from coercive, uh, violent monopolists. Um, monopolists. I mean, they, 
Why would you even want to save that word? What's the point of it? Because a governing is uh, you, know, you can govern your behavior. Other people can govern your behavior. My wife governs my behavior. I mean, all of these things are governing. No, you govern your behavior because you love your wife and you're willing to do what it is that she's asking you to do. It's true. So she doesn't govern your behavior because she's not holding a, a gun at, uh, to your head. She just has some incentives that she's set up. Right, and that's essentially what the government around here, although I didn't contract with them, I have contracted with my wife. The only difference here is contracts, and you know, the government sets itself up as an agency who enforces a set of rules that you didn't sign as opposed to, um, you know, or didn't sign or agree to as opposed to uh, pretty much every other uh, relationship you have in your life. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Tom? Basically, I, I see myself, I think that most cons- you call yourself a conservative. I think that the more you really look at at government in the way that we would like things to go, I think that, that the libertarian model, and I, I know you guys don't like people throwing out the word libertarian because a lot of people don't exactly know what it means, but, but I think that the more freedom that you have, I think that it's an evolving thing, and that's why I think that somebody can be like, for instance, I, I support Dick Cheney. I think Dick Cheney, to be honest with you, I know he's one of the most hated men in, in the country right now and <laughs> in the world. His attitude about protecting this country, but also having the freedom to uh, have, you, have your own personal life, not meddling in people's personal affairs. You are confused, my friend. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, but, you don't, but you don't that's ha- what the propaganda does. It confuses yeah. people. No, he doesn't advocate freedom. If he's advocating controlling people by uh, having a, a gigantic military going around the world, he's in no way advocating freedom. Plus, I'm not free to opt out. I'm not free to say, I don't support that plan. I don't support that idea. I'll just keep my money and not send it to you. Then Dick Cheney would have me thrown in a jail cell, as would Obama. It's free talk live. Are you an active free stater living in New Hampshire? Are you and your family moving to New Hampshire in the near future? A new web series about the Free State Project is currently casting. Interested? Send us a short video about yourself. Tell us what you're doing or planning on doing to achieve liberty in your lifetime. Show us what makes you interesting. Upload your video to YouTube and send the link to fspwebseries at gmail.com. Don't have a video camera? Ask about other submission options. fspwebseries at gmail.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, maybe enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you buy, whether it's brand new or used, you can get it and we'll get a cut if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com as we continue with your calls wade is in oklahoma wade you're on free talk live with ian and mark hello wade relatively hey guys i'm a relatively new listener on your show welcome sir what's on your mind tonight uh well i think mark was arguing the wrong point earlier about libertarianism i do believe that liberty and government can coexist how's that well, I uh, said a government is a group of small people have a monopoly of force. Mm-hmm. Multiple branches and uh, multiple state governments allow competition in that case. How's that going? Well, it's not good right now because the federal government was made too strong. I do believe in 
minimal government as a minarchist. But wouldn't you agree that um, the federal government wasn't made too strong? It became too strong. That is a good point. It did become too strong. I mean, it, uh, there yeah. weren't enough restrictions put on it in the original Constitution, and it grew beyond the checks and balances that were originally in place. Do you I, really I'm believe? You. I'm, I'm, I am with you that I do believe that you can write a Constitution that would uh, that would create a government that would do a much better job of protecting liberty. I don't know. No, exactly. Wait a minute. Wait a wait, minute. You, wait. You're telling me that if you write some more words down or some different words down on another piece of paper and call that the Constitution, that all of a sudden the people that are in search of power are going to say, oh, damn it. They wrote it right this time. We are just, we are SOL boys. Let's pack it up and go home. No more of this ruling over people's lives with arbitrary uh, authority. You know, they wrote it the right way this time. So that's it. It's over with. I guess everybody gets freedom now. Doggone it. Uh, Come on. As if. Um, The the people that want power over other people will gravitate towards positions of power in, uh, in, in companies and things like that where they can have power over people. And I do Think and they'll you, also ignore the what, Constitution. Okay. If we get rid of all the government, what are the people in, that are searching power going to do, Ian? I don't know. Tick tock. Tick tock. They'll search tick-tock. out power. Tick Tick-tock. What are you tick-tocking about? Because you don't have an answer to that. (laughs) I said they'll search out power, but if they try to rule over somebody, then they won't have the legitimacy that they do with the government's uh, structure today. Well, the government should be an arbiter and a defender. The government what? That's its role. Without government, if you make a contract with somebody, but they're more powerful than you, and they break that contract, there's no way for you to enforce it. You have a government as an arbiter, they can make sure that that is enforced and you maintain liberty. Sure, as long as those powerful people don't get in charge of your arbiter, then you're all good to go, right? Except that's what happens every single time. And it doesn't matter if you write words down on paper. They don't care. You can look at this Constitution that they have, and you can say, sure, it wasn't perfect. Sure, they could have done a better job of making it more liberty-oriented. Yeah, I understand that. But there are some things that are in there that are pretty crystal clear, at least to some of us who've read it. And I'm sure you would agree with uh, many of the things that are in the Constitution and think they should have been respected. But we all know they haven't been respected. The freedom to, uh, you know, Ninth and Tenth Amendments, those are all kinds of just destroyed. Uh, Fourth Amendment doesn't even exist anymore. First Amendment doesn't exist anymore. Second Amendment doesn't exist anymore. Third Amendment, that's even been uh, compromised. So, uh, so look, it doesn't matter what you write down on pieces of paper. They don't care, and they wouldn't care if you wrote it better. Well, if you got rid of the pieces of paper, they still wouldn't care, Ian. I understand that, Mark. What I'm talking about is a uh, an evolution to where people come to the understanding that they don't want these arbitrary men and women ruling over their lives. Same here, that they're man. Willing to do That's something what we're talking about, about here, too. You're talking ideals. You can't be throwing out some of these uh, past examples. We're talking ideals here, and that making the system better should be able to take care of some of these examples you're throwing out. And how are you going to make the system better? Well, we've, I've already discussed it. The government's role should be as an arbiter and as a defender. Sure, oh, sure. it should be. But um, I just don't know how to checks and balances I... in place where the executive branch can't take over the judicial branch with appointments or something like that. Well, I don't think that you, you can. can have... It doesn't seem likely to me the United States government is going to somehow reverse its course and uh, and return to some kind of small, more constitutional role, or or that they're going to call a constitutional convention and that out of which we would get some kind of uh, you, know, you know natural law pro liberty document. <laughs> I mean, uh, more I likely what we would get is a 
some document that enslaved us all and uh, you know made sure that like we, the EU's we constitution th- that we all had to compost our uh, our garbage and uh, that we all had the right to medical care. Um, that's what we would likely get out of a constitution. I agree with that. Now. Um, and so I'd say that the United States government, the, the founding fathers had their chance to write the perfect Lockean document, and they failed. And I think that the best that we can hope currently is to secede from the United States um, and you know make our own little free nation uh, and you know draw as many libertarians to that, show that a free nation is going to be far more prosperous and uh, its citizens far happier and far wealthier and, and have a, a much uh, higher uh, you know standard of living and a lower uh, you know infant mortality rate and all those things that we believe that it's going to do. And that's really our only chance. What do you think? Wade? Wade, go. Oh, what do I think? Well, it's you, Wade. No, I, I think the, uh, the original writers of the Constitution had a chance to make it right, and that's where the Free State Project uh, gives them a, a chance at redemption. If we make a smaller state with liberty in mind, uh, that, that could restart, and maybe that'll spread and make other people see, well, at least give them something. Thank you, Wade, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I mean, I'd certainly take that over what we have today. A smaller, less violent state uh, certainly would be preferable to the situation we have. And I think that uh, inevitably the U.S. government can't live forever. No, uh, no government has ever lived forever. In fact, we're way on borrowed time, I think, at this point. Uh, but I think that uh, that I'm not interested in restarting another government and seeing if it'll work this time, because it'll still be a coercive agency with a monopoly over violence, and it will be What's ruling by threat of force, and What's... I have no interest in living in that situation. What's the difference uh, between... Okay, if... New Hampshire, for some reason, decided to secede from the nation the, of, of the United States. Would you yes. accept that? Of course. And if it was ruling itself, that would still be a preferable situation? It would be preferable, would but it a, doesn't mean I accept violence. Would that be a new violence? government or an old government? That's a good question. Because I think it would be, an it would old be a government, new government. Um, well, you don't think it would be an old government? Because the, the government of New Hampshire to, was formed have, prior to the government of the federal they're government. They're probably going to put in place a lot of the things that the federal government takes for granted now. So they're going to they're gonna have some Why would you think they would do that? Well, they're going to likely... What, what do you think that... Wait, hold on a second. Are you telling me that New Hampshire gets to the point politically where it is able to and ready to and actually secedes from the federal government? That at that point, with that mindset going on, they're going to say, okay, now we need our own social security program, and now we need our own military, and now we need to do all Seems these things. Seems likely to me. Well, I hope not. That's I, sad. I agree with you that I, I hope not, but it's uh, you know the, the idea of seceding does not mean small government. No, but I think you pretty much have to get some uh, liberty-oriented people in uh, those positions in order to get to the sure, idea of secession. They're talking, the, uh, there was just a poll of uh, Georgia senators where 49, 47, 40-something percent of them were, were supporting secession. I guess that uh, there's, you know, the, the Texas legislators, lo- legislatures looking at it. Secession's on the lips of a lot of red states currently, not to say that New Hampshire is a red state because it's more like a purple state, yeah. but secession's a real possibility currently in America the way things are today. I hope you're, well, I hope you're and right I, about that part. I don't know if I believe Secession it. isn't a solution to the government problem. I, I, it, it, it certainly would be a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's not easy to implement so those things you that you're advoca- talking about. When, when you advocate total freedom, and it sounds to people like 
tomorrow is what you're talking about. And there's no way to get from where we are here today to tomorrow total freedom without all kinds of uh, – there's no way to get there. So you, what you need to get to total freedom is all kinds of steps in the interim. Yeah, I realize that. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Johnson. Johnson, Connecticut. Hey, it's interesting to hear you talk about this, and, you know, it's interesting to hear you flounder a little bit, Ian, and you were originally, this subject sort of got brought up in talking about the roads and, you know, who would own what and how things would run and how things would run with hookers on the street and whatnot. And I think that, you know, there's a reluctance to talk about some of these things honestly, which is that the possibility does exist that, you know, maybe a hooker does want to draw, draw a business and would go out in the street naked, smoking a joint. Because that is a possibility, and, and I know you talk about the street owners and how that could happen, but realistically, in, in, a liber- in a fully libertarian society, that might be okay. You know, something like a hooker walking down the street naked smoking a joint might be okay because people would be more accepting and, and think it was okay. And, you know, there's sort of certain unwillingness to talk about some of those issues, but it was interesting to hear you sort of flounder about and then, and then talk about who would own the roads in that sort of situation. Well, then maybe, and maybe it would be okay, but maybe the other direction. Maybe there'd be more restrictions in a uh, liberty-oriented right. society. It's hard to say. And I think it's, I think people need to, you know, while I think that they have too much force in their hands, you know, in their philosophy, I think libertarians need to look to anarch- anarcho-syndicalists a little bit to house stuff. We are out work. of time, Johnson. Do you uh, think tomorrow the night, naked pot-smoking hookers will, be, will have a union? Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.